one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering subreddits, find the saltiest veins, those salty posts. We bring them back up, read them, and talk about them. You know, maybe we uh, tell some jokes. Maybe we dispense some wisdom. Um, maybe we don't do any of that, and we just waste an hour of your time. Dispensing wisdom. That's what we do week after week. <laughs> <laughs> As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say hey, guys. Hello, friends. Hello. Keeping the tradition of saying hello in the wrong order. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> and today is a special day because we are also joined by our new friend, content creator extraordinaire, Lua Stardust. You know, we're from her podcast. Oh, God. I'm sorry, Lua. What's wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Entrance. Oh, my God. So weak. You my, know my, it. My mind all went this blank. time to prep. My mind went fucking blank. Uh, that's why you have show notes. What it's happened? It's like crypt, cryptids. <laughs> Camp cryptid. Camp cryptid. Oh, God. Yeah. And scry babies in case you forget that. Well, I, I, was, I knew scry yeah. babies. I was going to say that. I got you. I got you. Uh, now I have to leave all this in because it's funny. <laughs> Sam is the most prepared person here. Yeah, exactly. I, I have so many show notes. Um, I actually have too many. That's why I, I couldn't remember it. <laughs> Ruffling through leaf papers on your desk. Yeah, exactly. Let me get some Foley in there in post. Make it really sound good. Uh, yeah, you have you have Scrybabies coming up. That's yeah. pretty exciting, huh? Very exciting. Uh, I got to give y'all some stickers at Magic 30. That we was to, awesome. We ran into each other at Magic 30 so much. <laughs> yeah. Like every Around day. Every yeah, we, we bumped into each other, I think, like every day. But yeah, hey, like there every you goddamn are. day. It was it awesome. It was cool. It was really nice to see you. So I enjoyed that. Even on Sunday. I know the day I wasn't supposed to be there and I was like rogue in the yeah. building. Yes, that was nice. We just did our Magic 30 recap episode. And... I was just listening to it, yeah. Oh, thank you. Listener. And, and talked about how we like smuggle someone in, so. <laughs> I know. You know what too is, um, so one of my friends had an extra badge and the day before I saw like a Wizard of Crows, like staff member. I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna be back tomorrow. I didn't get a badge. And then they saw me in the command zone and I was like, <laughs> like hyperventilating. So I was like, they're gonna think I did something corrupt to be in here. And I was like freaking out about it. But I was like, it's okay, I have a badge today. Like I'm supposed yeah. to be Yeah, we definitely didn't break the rules either. Uh, if any wizards people are listening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even with the, uh, the command zone, supposing like being that, you know, $350 thing. They opened up part of it for like us normal people, <laughs> yeah. us broke people. And so uh, I thought it was pretty cool that they, you know, did that. But I was like, am I, I going to get in trouble? Is like somebody going to kick me out of here? But it was fine. Yeah. I also, uh, you know, just definitely lifted up the bar and walked through at yep. one point. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not alone here. <laughs> well, we're going to kick things off with our very popular interview segment. Uh, it's pretty extensive, so I hope you've prepared. 
I was going to ask if you're prepared. Correct. <laughs> I'm getting fucking dissed so hard. <laughs> you fit right in, Lua. We have, a, we have a long honored tradition of, you know, just shitting all over each other in this podcast. Oh, I didn't know it was that kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind. Not the literal kind. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh my. I'm so already. sorry. No, this <laughs> is already like the rails. Perfect it doesn't take much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, this is great. People love it. The mm. fans are going wild. Um, so our first question is, when did you get into magic? Yeah, so um, during the pandemic, I was I had just moved to a part of rural Virginia and I had nothing to do. I went to a local game store to play D&D. Uh, and when I made some D&D friends, they were talking about magic a lot. Uh, a good friend of mine needed help with something and I basically helped him out with said project and he was like, oh, you know, can I give you money? And I was like, nah, man, it's cool. And in return, he was like, you know what? I'm going to teach you how to play commander because like that's what we all do. And I should have taken the money because the amount of money <laughs> yeah. that I've spent on magic since then <laughs> has been a lot. Uh, but no, it's it's been really fun. I learned how to play with on commander, I guess you would say. And yeah, that was maybe, gosh. 2021 so i've only been playing for about like a year and a half now that's wild yeah that's cool. yeah i'm very immersed that's definitely brutal though i feel it he gave you the gift of one of the most expensive hobbies you could have i know <laughs> and it's cool too because like when he sees me doing shows and stuff like this he's like oh like you know i got to help you like on that journey so it's really fun to see that's awesome mm -hmm. it's like i think there's like some saying like if you get your kids into magic, they'll never even get into drugs because they won't have money for it. I smoke so much weed, but yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, up, you, though, you only recently got into magic, so you already have a good weed budget. Yeah, yeah, that's know? already been there, right? Um, growing up, though, I did, I collected, like everybody else, I collected Pokemon, I collected oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Um, I played both, and then I collected magic cards when I was a kid because I thought the art was so beautiful. So I actually mm -hmm. had a pretty, like, I could probably have a couple four rows worth of magic cards Yo. that I unfortunately lost during a move uh, oh, but i'm like i wonder bummer. if there would have been anything valuable yeah some fire in there i know it's so sad those mythical like missing cards we were like trash magic collectors when we were in high school so it's just like a plastic bin of cards that I, like <laughs> oh, gifted yeah. to a friend at some point yeah because i was like there's probably nothing like i'm not gonna keep playing this game forever so yeah. same thing it's like what was in that yeah, we were um, kind of like middle class, like lower class growing up, like as far as like money goes. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was in a storage unit that got auctioned off. I'm like some freaking oh, storage man. wars mother ever <laughs> went in and got my whole card collection and like <laughs> is living off oh the best of it. That's it. So I feel that pain so sharply and so mm -hmm. recently because I gave away all of my Pokemon cards like mm -hmm. in 2019, like right yeah. before they started like really popping off. I think with COVID, they went crazy. I yeah, blame yeah. Logan Paul or whichever Paul it was. They, yeah, they one, of the, one of the Pauls. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I had like a shadowless Gyarados and I had like a shining triple star Raichu that was like in pretty good quality. I just gave it to my coworker's eight-year-old son. <laughs> they probably now, love it though. Now, so at least that's nice. Yeah. She tells me about it all the time. He's like obsessed with the, He's got like $500 cards. I'm like, cool. Great. But you know what too <laughs> awesome. is like, uh, I love the, not, we're not a Pokemon podcast. I'm so sorry, but I love the, the hollow <laughs> yeah. that they do on there. Like the foils are so oh, yeah, much are better than magic. And I'm like, you could mm -hmm. have this, you could have this. What are you doing? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I love it, that. They don't Pringle like don't pringle. Yeah. before yeah. you even open the pack, Wait, you mm -hmm. open the pack and it's like, a yep. And is yep. it, isn't it the same company? 
Am it I it like, used to be back no, in the day. Wizards anymore? was doing. Was I don't know if Wizards? it is anymore. And they might be Hasbro. I don't know. But I know oh, back no. in the day, Hasbro does everything for Magic now. But yeah, I know yeah. back in the day, um, Wizards was doing Magic cards. It, it's just weird that they wouldn't share that formula. Like, what special chemical are you sauce. pouring on your yeah. cards? <laughs> Where's the chemical X? What are you doing? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pokemon cards. I feel like are even. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm sure they make more money than magic does every year oh, yeah, so i'm sure I, they're yeah. high demand i would i'm surprised that they're not the pringled ones you know well there's yeah. the intense there's like a whole like grading process mm-hmm. and you like send them to some like <laughs> to me it sounds sketchy because you send thousands of dollars worth of shit in the mail to some company and they like judge you and they're like mm-hmm. no i see a spec on here it's not yeah. worth money and then depending upon too. what it comes back with is like assuming it comes back it's like you know um, the there's a lot of people but... who are really integrating their slabs um yeah. i know you can do i think cgc like the comic grading is starting to do it and i think you can get some graded at events uh, i had yeah. some guy one year i did a, a vampirella comic cover um as a cosplay for, for dynamite and somebody came to my booth and like had a cgc person there watching me sign it so they could grade really? it and i'm like i'm literally a potato but like all right okay. <laughs> no they definitely do stuff on site i would trust that's that more probably sick. than shipping but it's yeah. it's it's pretty interesting that's cool as hell yeah i think i might have seen some at magic 32 there were there yeah were, for sure, sure were. for sure but i feel like it's way less part of the culture like most of the mm-hmm. time you just like look up on tcg player like this is how much this is worth and then you like ask someone to trade it unless there's an obvious like <laughs> you know like Pretty water much. damage or like it's ripped and like most people yeah. are just like 40 bucks for a blight steel like hand it over i'm seeing mm-hmm. like videos of eight-year-olds with pokemon cards getting them slabbed i'm like damn I was like playing with mine on like the blacktop playground when I was that age. Like I I couldn't even spell the word sleeve, let alone put a card in one. I don't think mine were ever in sleeves, except my mom kept my Pokemon collection in one of those binders with like all the oh yeah protector inner sleeves. Like that was Mm, the only time I touched any kind of sleeve. But well, our second question is (laughs) just a quick aside. You know, our second question for you is what makes you salty? Oh, Thassa's Oracle. If you look on my Twitter header, I have not changed it. It's a picture of me fist fighting Thassa's Oracle. <laughs> and I, I, I'm... I have to I'm check it now. The, it's good. It's good. <laughs> I like to talk shit about it. I'm so... Excuse my French. I don't know if I can curse on here. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, um, you, can, you can swear okay. as much as you want. Fuck. <laughs> I'm the primary one that curses, yeah. but like when any Tony guests gets, are allowed to as well. <laughs> when Tony gets salty, he says fuck like 30 times. Yeah. <laughs> I have to I, edit I, some out. Yeah, I believe it. You got to make it PG-13-ish, you know? Exactly. Um, so I like to rip on Thassa's just because it's funny to me. I mean, I, I think there's more interesting like combos and stuff out there, right? But I'm so... Like, if you want to play Thassa's a win, go for it. Love that for you. I am I just like to mess around. Yeah. Um, what makes me salty is more like players than cards, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got some PTSD from an Aetherflux Reservoir, and that's Joe Johnson's fault. Uh, every time <laughs> I see it, I get like war flashbacks, like it's not all right. But I'm just like a... I'm more salty with the plays and the and the choices people make than I am with like actual cards. I get salty if you're giving me my third board wipe of the game or my fifth board wipe of the game and you won't let that shit end. Like somebody's got to win. Yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff that makes me be like, all right, I'm a little bit. But 
Can you hear that, Mike? It. Preach. Mike, did you, preach. Hear that? did you hear that at all? <laughs> Mike's board white card seems deck. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fourth that sounds like it's the issue. Noted. <laughs> yeah. So even three. Some some people would say even three is too much. <laughs> well, would. what would you classify as like? I mean, you're, that's your thing, right? The the salty cards and the salt mine, right? Oh yeah. I mean, so many. Like like we actually don't play a lot of a lot of board wipes in our group except for mike which is why we're yeah. giving him shit um most of us are down to like two in a deck maybe mm-hmm. but we play a lot of like combo and we're like well if the board state is really like that maybe i'll just win yeah. <laughs> yeah. that is good you know yeah but yeah you got a board wipe at some point but i don't have to like it <laughs> that's true yeah you got to like land destruction at some point, but I don't have to like it, right? That's the thing. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> well, let's get into it, shall we? So, of course, like we said at the top of the show, we're going to be talking about salt and uh, salty posts. We got some salty posts queued up. We're going to be reading through them and dipping into those sweet, salty minds that we love so much. Tony. Well, I was going to ask, but I was like, are we not asking anymore? I thought we were going to like not do that. Are we not doing Sam, it? You don't want to do well, it anymore? I don't know. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I, I felt the pitch, but I thought you were just going to go into it. So that I, I gave it. you a look. I'm sorry. It was I'm sorry, fans. I'm like definitely laughing because I have no idea what's you happening. You know what? Like, the, next, <laughs> the next Reddit post question should be like, do you want us to continue to define salt? Yeah, that, that <laughs> will be the question, question at one point. That's what's going on. Tony makes Sam define salt every episode. Yeah. And and then yeah. we we also just bicker like a old married couple, Tony and I. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Tony and I have known each other for like fucking 15 years, Tony. Yeah, yeah which is kind of weird when I... <laughs> say it out loud crazy isn't it weird when you feel like you like my best friend and i met in 2006 and i'm like oh my gosh i've known you like for so long you know way too many personal details about me you know (laughs) it kind of blows your mind yeah for real i knew tony when he had hair this is true (laughs) (laughs) fucking low blow bro Um, anyway what's fucking salt sam (laughs) uh salt is when your friends razz you and you know (laughs) um they know too much about you and dig in deep (laughs) tony i think we already defined it well why are you even asking i know (laughs) uh you know land destruction thasis oracle things that just like upset you at the table maybe a combo goes off and just totally ruins whatever your board state is Somebody does something at the last minute that's really frustrating, gets you tilted, or maybe you have someone at your table that's just kind of a a real stinker and putting the vibe down in a major way. All of those are kind of different flavors of salt that we might encounter in Commander, the game we love so much. Nice. Let's dive in then. Let's. So our first post, this one's a bit on the longer side, and this one comes to us from the EDH subreddit from user Dimster75. If you guys see user Dimster75 on the subreddit, give them an upvote. And this post is titled, Dealing with the Archenemy Salt Lord of the Local Store. And the post goes, Hi everyone, I've recently managed to find some time to play again at a new location and with new players because I moved. The store is great and everyone is super cool and friendly and I have a friend who plays there and has introduced me to the community. So far so good. We sit down to play and I'm introduced to a very prominent player who is the main seller slash supplier of cards to the players. Most of them are new at the store. We sit down, 
and he starts going through the decks of two other players in the four-man pod, making suggestions and cutting cards. Essentially, he was adding cards by proxy, which he would eventually end up selling them behind the whole, see how much better your pre-con works with a bunch of expensive staples added in argument. After a while, and after some pleasantries and small talk, he asked to go through my deck and make suggestions. I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm cool. We then proceed to play. I immediately notice a huge power level imbalance between the deck he is playing and the other two players. He opens with a turn two Ristic study, which I counter. Turn three play is Narset, which the rest of the table asks me if I can deal with. I do and pass with open mana. Turn four, he plays three mana Teferi, which I counter, explaining that my instant heavy Vadric deck can't let him stay. At this point, the Salt Lord scoops in a very angry fashion and goes on a huge rant about how I unfairly targeted him. We play two more rounds where he's trying to single me out, making some very obvious and childish plays till I am fed up and call it a day. Turns out he's playing a deck with almost zero win conditions, whose only purpose is to make other decks seem weak so that he can suggest and sell upgrades. So how do I go about this? He obviously has a grudge now since I can play at his power level and won't be buying cards from him. And the rest of the players have an admiration slash fear slash respect relationship with him. Do I bend the knee since I like the store and it's close? Or do I look for another store and let him rule over his admirers? And does countering a huge card advantage engine like Ristic Study and removing two cards that totally shut down my deck, Narset and Tefiri, constitute targeting? The rest of the table was in no position to help since they were just setting up with mana rocks or ramp. Please advise. Hold on. Does this person own the store? Is that what they're saying? Or they just work there? I have no idea. I'm okay. wondering that too. <laughs> Could you imagine if you owned a store and you're like, I'm going to pub stomp these nerds like every week, like that, that's your goal there. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. <laughs> you would be surprised how often that happens. I, right? I have read a lot of horror stories about like store owners just being like dickheads to people and, and like dropping CDH decks and like pub stomping and just wanting to like feel powerful. It's a very, it's a very weird thing, but it does happen. It seems like he's going at it from the angle to get, you know, get money, get paid. He's trying to get his card sold. He's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm imagining like he's got like a trench coat and like pulling out like a bunch of like. <laughs> I think people just like to give a solicited advice, even if you don't want it. Right. Um, you know it. And I think this is a good case of that. Um, I have decks. You can't do a numerical scale. Like that doesn't work, especially at an LGS. Uh, it doesn't exist to me, period. I, I think totally. it's a, you know, you have your pre-con. That's kind of where I would keep the lowest deck and then all the way up to fully CDH, right? Uh, and I think you could still have a high power deck that's not CDH. There's like a, a thin line in between the two, right? Mm -hmm. But the that's a, probably the most common issue is the lack of transparency on what a deck does in an LGS. I think yeah. the only thing you could really do in a situation like this is like, ask each person what their deck's doing. I've had instances in an LGS where I'll be like, okay, here's what my deck does. Uh, what are you playing? And they're like, I'm not flipping over my commander till we start. And I said, okay, loser. And then I just go the worst. And I know that's just like the pettiness in me, but it's just like, that's not like the spirit of the, of the game. And if you're playing competitively at their LGS, like, I don't know if they're going for a night like mine, would you, you, for every time you win, you get packs or you get store mm. credit or you mm -hmm. get something. So like, if it's a night like that for them and their store owner or whoever's working there is having that kind of attitude, I would just be like going somewhere else. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel that for sure. Yeah. There's like a few things happening here, right? There's like, 
this power level mismatch, which mm-hmm. is obviously an issue. That's an issue that everyone deals with in EDH. Like you said, it's so hard to find that perfect balance. And if people aren't willing to have that pregame discussion or even just try to suss it out, like that can lead to so much frustration in the game. Obviously the card selling thing is fucking weird, (laughs) weird and strange. And also like the weird, like admiration, fear, respect relationship, like something weird is going on at the store. And if that's the store owner, then you, you gotta find another store. Like that is just a toxic environment. You know what too, is there's a lot of things with house rules, like at your table, you might be like, our house rules this. I feel like there's a way of being like, here's what the LGS does for numerical scale. So like maybe their five is a pre-con, maybe their seven is like this upgraded thing. Like, and it has to be the set thing for that local game store or else it's just going to kind of run rampant if there's no restrictions on it. I know that's impossible to be like, here's set standard across every LGS in in the world, right? But having one for your local game store, I feel like would immensely help the pairings for tables. Definitely. And like, this seems like there's the, one of the weird things about this card seller here too is it's like they're implying that all decks should constantly be like increasing in power level and like oh Mm -hmm. you need to make this swap you need to make this change to bump the power level which like you don't need to be in that mentality for your decks all the time like you can just you can have one you can say this is my deck that's a seven and yeah it's improved if i drop in a ristic or an esper like whatever Mm -hmm. but i don't i don't need to put that in because i'm happy with where it is right now and what decks it plays against right now not every deck needs a mana crypt. Exactly. Just going to say it. Like, it, it doesn't need <laughs> to happen. true? <laughs> in fact, it's, like, bad in some decks. <laughs> in some <laughs> decks, yeah. I've died to my own mana crypt. Yep. We played a game Tuesday night, and our friend Nick took, like, fucking Nine 30 damage, damage from yeah. a mana crypt. It was yeah. a lot. It was <laughs> yeah. so much. The most recent episode of Tabletop Jocks, I'm, my life total is so low because of mana crypt, like, nothing yeah. else. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like we've died to mana crypts before. You, you don't need it in every deck. Mm-hmm. I do think an interesting thing that you said there, Lua, though, was that like um, pre-cons are at the bottom. Like pre-cons are zero. Like their power levels are Like there isn't anything lower than that that people play, I think, anymore. There absolutely are. But I know, I know a lot of my decks are worse than pre-cons. <laughs> no, no, worse no. than a pre-con. I mean, but some pre-cons are really good. All of 2017. Yeah. Some pre-cons are I'm uh, saying it's like Warhammer? shifting. Yeah, the Warhammer ones are insane. Yeah. yeah, and but it's like shifting up from the pre-cons. It feels like like it was just like an interesting thought there when you brought up that you thought that that was like the bottom because I, I think that's true personally. I, I think there's also like these there's overlap in those categories like a pre-con yeah, for you sure know, if we are going to use the number system like a pre-con can hang with a five or a six or yeah. even a seven like you know yeah. and i i've seen some tables where someone brings like an upgraded pre-con and actually i had this happen in magic 30 somebody was playing an, a near cdh deck missing like four cards and the person next to them was playing a slightly upgraded pre-con and it was like a fair game <laughs> which which doesn't always happen you know but also if you think about it too is it like are you doing less damage to that person because they have a pre-con so they're less like threatening is that like the almost like pillow fitting aura you know and then they just kind of sneak attack you definitely i don't know they were also eight so i felt really bad running over that kid (laughs) (laughs) we were very kind to him (laughs) i was like don't listen to my podcast (laughs) please don't yeah, please don't. So what would we say to this person? I mean, 
you know, the, the real question, they're kind of wrapping the real up question this is, do you with, bend the knee? Yeah. <laughs> I love that that's how they phrased it. And then the second question is, were they in the wrong for countering that shit? Hell no. I would say, first of all, don't bend the knee. This person sounds like a fucking douchebag. Like if you've got <laughs> friends there, if you if you have to play there, form up a pod with like-minded friends. Don't play with this dude. If you have other options, seek those out, honestly. Like it sounds like a like the power balance with this one person and everyone else at the LGS seems toxic to me. I mean, if the table is turning to you and saying, like, can you do something about that? then I feel like you're justified even just there, right? They're like, please yeah. help. Oh, yeah. And so like you do it. I'm surprised that they had three counters like in a row. I'm not going to lie. If I was the guy, I would be annoyed. I would definitely mm-hmm. be annoyed because I fucking hate blue. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I get it. Like, it's it, definitely it annoying to get sense. your stuff every time you're playing something get countered. But like, I run a Narset deck and I know nobody's going to let me play her. Yeah. I know, even though she's just like super friends and like, it's just, I try to make it as like, not as threatening as possible. I know she's a salty card and people aren't going to let it happen. And so when you play that, you should understand that there's going to be repercussions for it and people are going to counter it. You should have that interaction in your hand as well if you're going to be that ballsy and play Mm -hmm. it like or hope that you're not going to come to the situation where you're going to be countered. But I, to me, like if it was like the whole table was getting up on one person and they weren't really doing much, like they weren't doing something impressive to the board state, I'd be like, all right, now I'm salty. But if you're, you know, you're playing a strong thing and you're a threat, like just kind of accept that. Um, I'd leave that LGS. I mean, if if that person's not the owner, maybe talk to the owner about it for sure. Um, But if they are the owner- Someone's selling cards in your LGS. (laughs) (laughs) They do that, you know, they do that, they do that, so. Um, or maybe they're an employee or something. I don't know, but yeah, I feel like the, uh, real nugget here is that those other two players were secretly like asking for help overall, like not just, can you deal with that? Like one permanent, like, can you deal with this guy in our store? (laughs) Where's their interaction? (laughs) What what is happening? Yeah. I mean, if two play or if one person is feeling that way with this person, I'm sure other people kind of feel Mm -hmm. the same way. Like I've played at LGS is where there is somebody who's kind of, I don't know, off or the vibe is weird or they're a little bit mean and like everyone kind of knows it, you know, different people will tolerate to different degrees, but like those people bring negativity with them and, and you kind of try to skirt it as much as you can. I think that the original poster here really correctly identified them as a salt Lord. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is absolutely a salt Lord, the most apt use of the title. <laughs> Well, what's the salt rating here? This is like a salty standard in battle. Do not bend the knee. Hold your flag high and just like <laughs> give this guy the fucking middle finger. Give him three more counter spells, you know? Fuck yeah. this dude. Go to a new place. <laughs> yeah, this is like a, a bite of food you take that's it's so salty you almost don't want to eat the rest of it, you know? Because you just got such an explosion of salt in that first bite. And uh, you have two options, which is trust your instinct and don't keep eating it. Or two, hope that you just happen to find all of the salt in the first bite and that the rest is like very normal and keep trying. What's your salty take on this, Lua? What's your salt rating? I'm just annoyed. Like if that was me, I, I, I... I'm very much a fuck around to find out person. I'm very small and I'm very nice. But when it comes to like a thing, if you're like disrespectful to people, I feel like that's kind of like a, you're going to hear from me at least. Um, 
And it probably sucks. Like they might really like this LGS and their community there. And this person's making it an unpleasant place for them. Um, there's a very low chance this person doesn't know they're doing that. Right. It's very low. Uh, yeah. There's a very high chance they know they're doing that. Yeah. It sounds so, really intentional. Yeah. It's just it's just rough all around. It's like a s- little bit of a salt on a slug, you know, where they start to like melt. That's how I feel about this. <laughs> the damage. I have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to bullying. And this is fucking yeah. bullying. It's bullying. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very know? much in the same realm. Yeah. That's, that's bullshit. Well, shall we move on to another one? Yeah. Another. Let's do it. Uh, this one comes to us also from the EDH subreddit. It comes to us from our friend, Gimme Dat Zuck. Yes. <laughs> yes. All I know is they're right. Whatever yeah. they're saying is right. I Such agree. A good username. Fucking upvote them. Yeah. If you guys see Gibby Dad Zuck, give them an upvote for the username and you know, because because they were in a salty situation. Uh, and this post is titled A Game That Turned Sour Quickly at My LGS. And the post goes. I'll try to keep this brief. I was with a group of fellow regular patrons for EDH at my LGS. During a game, we were getting a little silly with our play styles and overall demeanor. Someone in the pod wanted to play a board wipe. I thought this would be an opportunity for some playful mischief and made an attempt to counter the board wipe. This resulted in the player getting very angry very quickly. Next thing I remember, he was literally red in the face and quickly explaining how I was not playing the game how it was meant to be played. Not wanting to escalate things further, I stood down and let him essentially control the rest of the game. I went to a different pod immediately after being knocked out of that game. Haven't played with that guy since. Has anybody else experienced this type of player lately? Someone who feels the need to control every single turn? Is countering a board wipe some kind of faux pas that I am unaware of? I think they call them control players. (laughs) (laughs) All I know is I want that guy in my pod because anybody who's going to counter board wipes... I'm I'm here for it, yeah, right? Like we're just. I don't about play it. them, don't so like it's them. fine by me. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, to answer the question, I don't think it's a faux pas to counter a board wipe. Like, no. if you don't want your board wiped, you should be countering it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get the sense that it was kind of one of these things where, like, it should have happened, but he was like, "This would be fun," and so like he <laughs> went at it with that angle, like based on how the story was written. Do you think it was like king making almost on the board? Yeah potentially maybe like a silly chaos play you know like <laughs> yeah. yo i'm so random here we go <laughs> yeah <laughs> he probably was just like this would be cool that shit kills me a little bit <laughs> kills you in a good way mike or no or like... i get really tilted when someone is like oh this will be funny i'll chaos warp your soul ring to see what we flip like <laughs> like come on <laughs> That, that That's the guy who tried to matters. resolve Scrambleverse. He looked yeah. at all my chaos works I've ever done that were <laughs> bad situations. <laughs> oh man, I think it's kind of the same as like you're just you're just there to like have a little fun. I I do think from what it sounds like maybe they were kind of king making by accident. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, maybe they just wanted the game to go longer. I really don't know, but I'm not. I'm always an encounter board wipe if I can. If it's Definitely. gonna benefit me, Hell you yeah. know. My, my first reaction is whenever someone, generally speaking, whenever someone says something along the lines of not playing the game, how it was meant to be played, or mm-hmm. if someone invokes like 
the spirit of the game or the spirit of the format, I cringe a lot. I'm like, fucking calm down. Like, <laughs> like it's not that big of a deal. It's like the spirit of the format, like the spirit of it, like that's heavy. That's heavy language to use for a card it's, game. It's also hard to like, d- you don't know what somebody else's spirit of the format is. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like you don't know how they're viewing their, their gameplay and their game style. Some people just ride on jank. Some people are like, yeah. I'm going to play every counter spell available because i'm a piece of garbage you know <laughs> but it's like yeah. uh, you know, everybody has their own kind of version and love for for this format it's like there, there's a core set of rules of course you know but it it really just um you can't take somebody's play style away from them i guess you know you can mm-hmm. control the board but you can't control like how people are having fun playing mm-hmm. commander yeah and that totally sounds like that's what this person is kind of doing it at least saying like we don't match in how mm-hmm. we're trying to experience this game so i'm really yeah. glad that there's like sort of this happy ending here where they go to another pot and then <laughs> it just works out and they don't have to play with that player like yeah. honestly that's like one of the best outcomes that could happen in the yeah. case like you just this. don't like, do it again we just don't need to play with them yeah there's always the issue of like certain lgs's that do randomized pods right mm-hmm. so like you might have to face them again um but I've had like people at my old LGS that were like, like I had this one guy that was kind of like the first person who would be like, you need to put this in your deck and you need to do this. And I'm a man and I'm going to mansplain you oh, God. over and over <laughs> again. Right. And I literally was like, do not ever put me in pods with him. I was like, he <laughs> literally harasses me every time I'm in here. And he made sure that I was never in a randomized pot, even though it was a little not randomized yeah. um, because of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's like we were just saying in the last, there's, just some nasty people sometimes that you encounter in gaming environments. And it's kind of unfortunate because it does sour the experience just by that person being there or them treating you a certain way or something like that. And, you know, we, we, we have a zero tolerance policy with bullying, with people just being shitty, with people being creepy, people being up in your business when you don't want them to. When, when it comes to this thing, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, like getting red in the face and fucking freaking out on someone is bullshit i would say like 99 times out of 100 but we did just have a salty story in our magic 30 uh thing where this guy was pissed off and there was like all these other reasons why you know it's like one game with one dude i would probably try to avoid this playing against this person as well but at Mm -hmm. the same time like who knows like maybe that board wipe was gonna make this person win and that's why they flipped out so much still not okay to flip out but you know, I think if you played with them again, I wouldn't assume that they're just gonna come out swinging and and be an asshole again. Maybe they will. I think you said this in an episode <laughs> one time, Tony. You got to try something twice, and if on the second try you're like, okay, I still hate this. I'm not yeah. gonna do that. Then it's again. a pattern. Then it's like, nope, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I like to give the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what do we think about the soul rating here? Oh God, I don't know. This is tough. This is like two salt shakers, right? You think it's a shaker? Yeah, a shaker of salt. No, I think like it's those like the packets you get in like your fork and knife set from like a fast food chain. I feel like it's like yeah. those little like packets. Like a little McDonald's packet. Yeah, yeah, like it's a little one. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. only a little. Yeah. Definitely enough to overpower this one game. The guy with the counterspell had that packet 
And he was like, ha ha, and like ripped it over the dude's food. There it is. And then the dude there was like, I don't fucking want this. Yeah, but like, it didn't salt. really spoil anything. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it probably Absolutely. made those fries better, bro. Like, and it out. sounds like it was in line with the vibes too. Like, I don't love those random plays that happen when you're playing like a serious game and someone's just mm-hmm. like, eh, I have a swords to plowshares. I might as well use it. I'm just going to fucking nuke your shit. And you're like, what? what are you doing? Why? Don't do that. <laughs> like if you're kind of being goofy, cracking jokes, stuff like that, if it's that type of vibe, I'm not going to be super frustrated with this type of play. Like we, we have some like goofy plays that we do just for shits every once in a while, but just to flip out like that, that is full shaker. I think to yell at another person and get red in the face and invoke the spirit of the format. He's <laughs> going a the bit spirit of the format. That should be an uncard. I was going to say, I feel like you should make like an altar where it's like a little, like, like a little ghosty. And that's the name of it instead. <laughs> I mean, definitely should do that. Yeah. Oh man. Isn't there like a spirit card that has convoke? That would be perfect. You convoke the spirit of the format. There's also, I think there's a whole cycle of like invoke the, there's like invoke despair and stuff. So Basically the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Same thing. Well, shall we soldier on to our next one? Nah. No, Tony? No, I don't want anymore. No. You don't want us to? Well, I thought, I don't know. I feel like we never pushed back. So I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It felt right in the moment. Maybe it later, maybe it didn't. We tried. So rude. Tony going on strike. (laughs) So rude. This is it. This is our last episode of the podcast. We're breaking up. It's over. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Wow. All these years, we were just talking about we've been friends for 15 years. Nah, fuck that shit. Damn. Done. Well, that's rough. That hurts. <laughs> All right, see you guys. <laughs> shit. All right, we're going to do another one, though. Uh, Tony's, <laughs> Tony signed off at this point. Um, you won't hear him. <laughs> so our next post comes to us again from the EDH subreddit. Lua, we don't often walk away from the EDH subreddit. It's it's really the richest vein. And we get downvoted a lot on the Magic TCG subreddit. <laughs> <laughs> so that just doesn't go help. <laughs> so we just don't go there. They don't really like us over there. <laughs> so this post comes to us from Monday Memories is what it's called. We love to call it Monday Morning, which is what it used to be called. Uh, the weekly sticky thread where people go to vent their playgroup frustrations, talk about things that happened in the last week that got them salty. And um, this one comes to us from username, decide on a name later. So if you guys see user decide on a name later, give them an upvote. You know the drill, spread that goodwill. And the post goes, I had an interesting ethics question in a game. Wondered what other people's thoughts would be on it. I've been winning too much with my non-combat decks. Edit, not too much lately, was one and one on the day. So not that I have been destroying this pod. So I brought out Eroas to try and play to the table's level or lower. It's a non-game for me. I missed my fourth land drop on four and someone plays an effect to see the top card of my library, sees a land and mills it out with another effect. Since my game was already ruined anyways, I spent all the resources I had targeting him from there on out, which was just swinging with stuff, buffing it, got a couple of his blockers, combat tricked, forced a counter spell, forced a mass bounce on my board. He goes on to lose, presumably in part because he had to spend those resources and he lost 26 life along the way. I usually don't like revenge as a reason for something, 
but it's definitely more acceptable in a game. Is that overall an okay thing to do? I'm so petty mm. that I should not answer this. <laughs> Same. It's like if you target my stuff and you destroy my stuff and you do stuff to my things, I'm like, I'm knocking you out first. One, <laughs> out of sheer spite. And two, because what if you have more of that? You know, mm-hmm. that's just how I feel about it. I don't know. That's bad advice. Don't listen to me. <laughs> no, it's real. It's real. Yeah. And especially like when it's something so painful as like literally seeing you're stuck on a land and then milling you a land. Like <sighs> that yes. is so intentionally like cruel. Evil. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's so far beyond like the one damage that I'm already down to start a blood feud over that like it's yeah. definitely going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. am like team no land destruction unless it's like you got an OP land that's doing way too much. If it's like a basic or something else, like I just feel like it's the, probably one of the rudest things in magic is land destruction. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, is. I'm so team no land destruction that I don't even own like a single deck that has land destruction. In I got an Armageddon like, somewhere take care of anything. and that's about it. But I just, if you're like playing competitive and that's a reserve, yeah, sure. Go for yeah. it. But anything else like casual, yeah. I just feel like that's like so sad. <laughs> Yeah, lands are kind of sacred. And like I think I think forcing someone to miss a land drop is almost worse than land destruction. Cause not only are you keeping them out of the game, you're like dangling it in front of their face and then being like, whoops, the land is gone. You know, and that that has just this evil like aspect to it where I would do the same thing. I'd be like the spirit of the game you know what it does go against the spirit of the, <laughs> spirit of the format there you go yeah it goes against the father the son and the spirit of the game <laughs> i think it's one of those things when when people like even accidentally like mill my land or somehow make me discard land i get mad i'm like <laughs> Come on, yeah. like I and this is that. so clearly a choice in this one too. Yeah. It's like they yeah. made it to choice. see it, and then they mm-hmm. are like, "Yeah, I also I'm gonna mill you." <laughs> but you're right; I would do it anyway. Like I would like leave their eyes. Stinky. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's happened once or twice in some of our uh, games where where that happened, and no matter who it is, like what the connection, that is all they do. Like they just focus on that person, like the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's a key piece, whatever it may be. And like for me in particular, I'm I'm like that like for no reason sometimes. And so it's like, yeah, I definitely vibe with this person. Well, I think there is a real strategy to it beyond just spite. Let's say, for example, we're playing CDH or or just high level, and Mike has a stacks piece that is totally locking up my deck. I'm gonna try to get Mike out of the game because when yeah, he's gone, sure. that piece is gone. And I can get back in the game. If someone is milling lands off the top of your deck and you can't hit a land drop, you should probably try to knock them out of the game because then that piece will be gone and you can get back into the game and try to win. It is, yes, it is spite. It's fueled by spite. But you are also playing to your outs. I think it is acceptable when you view it from that perspective, you know? I think the biggest thing is making sure it like stays in that game and not letting it yes. like go into future games. Yeah, if like next week you you're like fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where it becomes like like you talk about the ethics of it, right? Like that's what they ask. Like, yeah, if you're if you're letting it stretch into other things, that's when it becomes a problem. But. I think it's also just like the like yes, the 
spirit of commander and like the 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 reason of playing is for fun right but at the end of the day there's going to be a winner right mm-hmm. somebody has to win the game somebody has to end the game so if they're going for your resources yeah that's essentially like maybe a win con for them is is depleting you of all your resources uh and when it comes to competitive like there's no room for salt for that i think it's hard definitely even though we definitely do get salty in CDH games. <laughs> it's fair. I play a Stacks deck. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. We do, too. Mike and I, I are the Stacks players. At this point. <gasps> yeah, Tony is, too. Tony. What are you playing? I play Marath Stacks. Okay, so cool. Naya, and I, I, I love to try to get off the um, the Holy Trinity of Stacks, which mm-hmm. is Collector Oof, Linvala, Keeper of Silence, and Living Plane. And yeah. it basically makes it so nobody can tap Nobody had none of your opponents have any mana available to them. You know, I was going to invite you on my show, and now I'm like, <laughs> that shit. Decks, Lua. <laughs> I feel like I run a secret Silvala stacks deck because Silvala is like not, not like known to be stacks, but there's a lot of stacks in it, right? Of just mm-hmm. like secret little stuff that there's like, definitely good green stuff you could do for that. Yeah, well, actually, like, I think the thing that gets the best is when I get Dranith Magistrate out and Uba Mask. Mm-hmm. Fucking Uba Mask, man. <laughs> I fucking hate that card so much. I used to love it's... that card a lot, and now I hate it. I absolutely I hate it. I deal with it so many times. Tony plays Uba Mask, and then I have Thrasios, and I can't fucking Thrasios because the cards just go away. Yeah, yeah. It's so frustrating. That's the best part. <laughs> and I talk about it on the, I talk about it on, like, the Dawn Waker Discord, and I'm like, hey, guys, what do I do about this? And they're like, who's playing Uba Mask? What, <laughs> what is your meta, dude? And I'm like, this card fucking hoses this deck so bad. Well, the best part about it is that like nobody usually wants to uh, counter it because it's like not. <laughs> no one wants to counter it because it's just like not. It's not a problem until it's too late, usually. Yeah. It's also more of a problem for my deck. Yeah, they're <laughs> extra bad for Sam. And then Mike is Mike. Say your stacks deck. Oh yeah, I'm on like a rule of law to say stacks, but I also run like a Teferi and like just like an aggressive amount of tutorable legendary stacks pieces. Yep, all very good things. And I do have a Winota deck. I, I've yes. played it like a handful of times, and I think one every time I've played it. <laughs> it's well, yeah, just, just a powerhouse. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking crazy. It's so good. If you don't counter Winota, you're fucked. Yeah, Leave yeah. her alone. She's just <laughs> doing her thing. She wants to flip big spooky humans. That's it. Um, one first thing is you reminded me of a salt inducing card because I was playing with oh, uh, Play to Win and I cannot remember the name of the card, but basically it was like on your turn, you have to sack like X permanents. And every time I had Winota out, it was like I had to get rid of all of my creatures and then like restart more. I was say, is it that thing with the fade counters or whatever? Or the sick counters? counters. Yeah. So can't, you can't be about to bring this card I don't up. Think, yeah, I don't think it was Smokestack. <laughs> Uh, okay. it was it was something else it was not okay. that uh, Dylan was playing it and I was like this is ruining my life I hate it um, <laughs> and that shit like that or things that like a winter orb oh my gosh I cry I'm like I could never play this <laughs> I do love yeah. winter orb <laughs> it's so good but I'm like I can't even do it to him I can't it's too much um, that was the first thing I forgot the second thing I was saying to you I'm so sorry oh it's fine important note though is Mike has the best nails here I've been looking at them oh yeah did you see him yes <laughs> yeah, he definitely does they're so cute. 
they were super fun. I got them for Magic 30. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like snuck into like my girlfriend's nail person was like, I can fit you in for like one hour. <laughs> okay, I'm I there. I'm there. <laughs> so good. Well, <sighs> so what's our salt rating on this one? The ethics of this. I feel like no salt at all. It's fucking fine, dude. Salty for maybe that other person, but hey, they they reached across the table, dumped some salt on your mashed potatoes. It's only fair that you reach across the table and fucking mess up their food too. Yeah. <laughs> You've started a full-on food fight at that point. And exactly. It's good. They made a powerful play. You're making one back. I think that's okay. Exactly. I think it's fine. And you got to play to your outs. You know, if somebody is locking you out of the game, it is in your best interest to focus that one person out. Yeah. You're, you're either looking for removal to get rid of that thing that's milling your land or you're looking for player removal. And it sounds like they did pretty good, like 26 life and yeah. a bunch of resources. <laughs> pretty good. Seems pretty good in a 40 life format. <laughs> yeah. If, if I was this poster, I would be constantly be like, yeah, you know, if you didn't want to take 26 damage, you probably could have let me hit that land drop. And we would have been, <laughs> we would have been totally fine. Really just lock it in the, in the future. Don't do that. <laughs> it is funny because I feel like if this happened in our pod, a political deal would be offered way before it got to that point. I'd be like, okay, can you stop fucking swinging at me? I will give you the land drops. I'm going to mill other people like call a truce. Let's just move on, you know, like let's shake and be done with this. That's the thing about commander. You have that social format of like politicking. That's, that's the, I don't want to say that. <laughs> it's the that's, the 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 format. That's, the, that's the son of the format. <laughs> And I guess the father is the fairy, Richard Garfield. <laughs> Richard Garfield, he thinks yeah, I went right from Tiberi. <laughs> no, Tiberi's the daddy of the four. Oh, we're going door. there today, everybody. <laughs> Why don't you change your podcast? And it's all about finding the magic daddies. <laughs> I think that's good. I think they're already identified. I feel like there's they're they're out yeah. there. Like it's Brian Kibler. Like, come on. <laughs> so. I don't know. With those flowing locks. <laughs> well, I don't know how you really feel. <laughs> like, okay, now we're Tangent like in city. Yeah, we just is it that like time of the a... week. Is it like <laughs> Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, I think it is that time of the week, Tony. Oh shit. It's the time of the week. It comes every week. It's the time of the week where we like to say, Mike, what's the salty card of the week? Well, Sam. Do I'm you so have uh, the salt? I... The salty <laughs> card of the week. Come on, Mike, tell us all about it. I thought I was going to wow. make it. You really thought that one through this time. You like <laughs> were real prepared. It was premeditated. Says I was coming today. <laughs> There's the notes. There's the notes. Lou was That's talking the about the notes, right? Yeah. There. <laughs> the show notes I had were just my fucking lyrics I wrote. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. The uh, the salty card of the week this week. Wait, what fucking in- song was that? I like no, I know it. Like, not, it's Dude, definitely done. basket case by Green Day. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. It was on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> anyway, now you can talk about cards, Mike. That was more important. Thank you, Tony. Okay, our card, our salty card of the week this week is Smokestack. Oh, is- I know that card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I'm so glad we didn't already talk about it today. <laughs> um, it is four for an artifact, and it reads, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a soot counter on smokestack. 
And then at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player sacrifices a permanent for each soot counter on smokestack. So, as we always ask, Lua, does this make you salty? I mean, yes and no. Like, it could, I think. I feel like I never see it, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think Mm -hmm. anybody plays it. Is it legal still? Who knows? (laughs) Um, I... The stacks player in me says I'm not salty, but if somebody else played against me, maybe I'd be a little salty. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Sam, does this make you salty? I think it does, but I, I really don't have much experience playing against it. Like Lewis said, I don't see smokestack a lot. You know, it's a powerful effect. It is forcing you to sacrifice permanence, but we're also in a meta these days where like token strategies are really, really prevalent. Like, Somebody the other day on Twitter, it might have been Josh Murphy from Command Zone, was saying how he doesn't own any explicit token decks, but almost all of his decks generate tokens in some way. Mm -hmm. And we're kind of in like a card design space these days, where even if your deck isn't inherently a token deck, you are creating some type of token, treasure tokens, clue tokens, small creature tokens as like blockers and things like that. Like usually there's some kind of token strategy in just kind of any deck. Mm -hmm. So having to sacrifice, you know, one permanent per soot counter on that, that it's a four cost artifact. Maybe it's coming out on turn three and by turn six, you're, you know, having to sack three things like that's pretty rough, but I don't know. Like that's, if this comes out late in the game, it's like not even an issue. Uh, It really needs to be dropped early. Just, just kind of like looking at it. I feel like that would be the play pattern. Um, yeah, totally. So I don't really know. I feel like this goes into a deck that's like trying to get it out though. Like this is this is like a fun like I'm not jamming this into my pre-con to up up it right. Like I'm building a deck around this. Let me answer my question. Yes, this makes me fucking salty. Like imagine every goddamn upkeep you're gonna be just like sacking all your shit and just to put a couple more things out to try and get value and just have to sack them again. Like yes. Fucking stacks players play this and it makes me upset. Totally. Not us though, not us stacks <laughs> yeah. players over here. I don't play it in my stacks deck. Speaking mm-hmm. A, yeah. Isn't there, I, I th- there's something broken with this in some other card, I think. Also, like, how does this work? So their upkeep happens. They uh, choose to put a counter on it. Do they then have to sack something or would they have sacked something before? And like, do they get the lesser value first? No, it goes it goes in that order. So like, gotcha. It, it goes in the order the card reads. So you yeah, have to gotcha, put the counter gotcha. on and then uh, sacrifice something. So that would only make it worse. But anyway, but yeah, there are definitely decks that like play through this very easily because they're making their own tokens every single upkeep. Even yeah. Bitter Blossom staves this off like pretty easily just for two mana. You're getting one thing to sack every single upkeep. I'm imagining them like proliferating, doing like weird art- yeah. artifact shenanigans. Like I think this ramps winter really orb quickly. and other stuff, so that they can sack it on like all this other bullshit. That's Fuck the thing. I think this is sort of like a a stacks finisher in a lot of lists, where it's like you have the board stacked out, and then you drop like smokestack, and you're passing. People are untapping one land and sacrificing three permanents, and it's like you're not going to make any kind of progress in in a sitch like that. How do you feel about this, Mike? Does this make you salty? This makes me salty. One of the side reasons that make me salty about this card is I think this was another one of the like fake 
origins of the name stacks that I had in my head at some point, <laughs> like <laughs> that it's called stacks because of the effects are like smokestack. Um, so I look back on, on thinking that with some salt, <laughs> some regret, <laughs> I would say. Well, I, I don't think that there's like a true origin. I mean, maybe, maybe our listeners will like, dm us and set us straight we talked about this in some episode but there's like smokestack some people connect that to stacks then there's symmetrical taxes which some people connect i'm not going to tell you how how your history is but i have been under the impression that it also originates from smokestacks decks doing yeah. things and it's just a. Uh, it's not obviously like stacks any, anymore isn't just that it's a lot mm-hmm. of other things but i think that's where the term comes from that's what I've heard. That makes me like this card even yeah. less than because I fucking hate stacks. <laughs> yeah. I also just Googled it and it could have also come from the four, the four thousand dollar solution. For the four thousand dollar solution. Yeah. I'm yeah. reading the like, same article. BG, oh, nice. I got you. You got oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> we got so many, which yeah. has so many Google. definitions. It, and that had a smokestack in it. The original yeah. version of that deck ran smokestack. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So maybe so, maybe yeah. my it's salt like, is misplaced. Maybe yeah. that's real. Yeah, it's a bit of a bit of B, you know? Yeah. But it is funny that this sees like almost no play. Oh, you know what? You know what this sees play in? Muldrotha decks like very mm. high power Muldrotha decks because you can sack the smoke stack away and then bring it back. You're only forcing them to sack one permanent per, per turn, but you can still like take some advantage of that, sack it away and then recast it when it gets to be a little bit too much for you. Or also sack other things that you're trying to recur and like want to get that value. Yep. Yeah. I think that. that might be the commander that makes the best use of it. I could also see like Atraxa, even attracts a super friends where you're using the uh, you know, you're using your planeswalkers that generate a ton of token creatures. And then you're just like proliferating your smokestack, like fucking crazy. And yeah. uh, you know, making all your friends sad. Yeah. It actually sounds like a great deck. I'm going to be. Lure, when are we coming on your show? We're all crying in the corner. Like, please no, Sam. <laughs> Not the stacks. <laughs> All right. Well, that is uh, that's just about it for the salty card of the week. Well, thanks, Mike. That was a great salty card. Appreciate it. Did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Sam. I'm proud of you, dude. <laughs> There's something about how much you're praising me that is making me question it. <laughs> My little pistachio boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you, Mike. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Howling Salt Line. And thank you to Lua for coming on, gracing us with your presence. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Where can we find you? When do uh, when do you get new episodes of Camp Cryptid out? And when, when do we get that Scrybabies content, huh? I got you. So uh, right now, if you want to find me and my content, you can go to lewisstardust.com. I do modeling, cosplay, and all that fun stuff. Every other Wednesday, you can get a brand new episode of Camp Cryptid. To find us, that's campcryptedpodcast.com. And then where my show, Scrybabies, um, isn't launching until later December, early January. Um, but you can catch that around then. And you can find us at Scrybabies MTG on everything. It's very easy to find. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of commander gameplay, of course, CDH, popper, modern, sit down videos. So all types of different content. Awesome. And maybe one day you'll see the howling site mine. Honest. <gasps> That's it. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. 
And you can also see Lua and Tori from Scrybabies all over the place. I mean, you guys are playing games with people on Play to Win, on other channels. You were just on Tabletop Jocks. So mm-hmm. if you if you are craving that Lua content, you can find it. It's out there. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See, I did have notes, guys. I'm fucking redeeming <laughs> myself over here. Off the dome. <laughs> you took it. these all while you were in the middle of the episode. I know what happened. <laughs> I did not. I didn't oh, think okay. I gotta prove I have I'll notes. share my screen right now. <laughs> Sam's like, uh, how are you guys feeling? Just shh, shh, shh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like really loud typing in the background. <laughs> Um, and if you guys want to find us, we are at the Howling Salt Mine on Instagram, Reddit, and that is our Gmail. If you want to send us your salty stories, uh, send those to our Gmail. As always, we ask you to keep those short, sweet, and to the salt. And we'll read it on a future mail time episode. Um, we're probably doing those once a month now because we're getting a fair amount of listener mail, which is awesome. We love to read those salty stories, your salty confessionals. Your stories where you made your opponents super salty, you pissed off your friends, you counterspelled a board wipe and somebody screamed at you. Uh, we love that <laughs> shit. <laughs> Find us on Twitter too. We're at Howling Salt Mine on Twitter. We couldn't get the the. That's just how it is. <laughs> what else? This is the part where you try and get us to like pitch more stuff. And we're always like, eh, I don't think we have anything, but like you can, you can also listen to the howling salt mine over on uh, Spotify. If you'd like to leave a review, that's a thing you can do. Give oh, me some yeah. five stars and let Ooh, people, if you're on idea. Apple podcast, <laughs> I'm just thinking yeah. how I end my podcast. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you're enjoying yeah, we listening. probably should do that. <laughs> I think let you did like know. one time. Yeah, yeah, you definitely did. You can uh, retweet when you're on Twitter. Let people know when new episodes yeah, are out. Yes, retweet Support us. Howling South Mind by picking up some merch. You got merch available? Not so, yet. Soon. Uh, yeah. Soon. Yeah. soon, though. <laughs> we'll have t-shirts available soon. I'm and... marking this whole podcast. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hire you, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll have merch soon, and we're going to be launching our Patreon soon. So keep wow. an eye out for that. A couple other things that we want to plug. Of course, our amazing art by our buddy J.D. Burnett. Please go check out Devin's art on his Instagram. If you are in Asheville, North Carolina, go get a fucking tattoo by this awesome, awesome artist. Um, Find him at J.D.Burnett on Instagram. Also, I haven't shouted him out in a while, but the Battle Standard in East Windsor, Connecticut. Go check him out. It's a great LGS. Uh, My buddy Jared runs it. It's a ton of fun down there. If you play like miniature games, Uh, They have some beautiful terrain tables that you can play on. And if you're into Commander, they got a great Commander crew over there. So go check it out. You'll also see our advertisements in their store. And they don't have anyone aggressively trying to sell you cards in the middle of your game. So (laughs) No man in a trench coat is going to show up. (laughs) Me rapidly Googling this. Oh my God, their website's so cute. Jared's an awesome deck builder, plays super, just plays really balanced decks, like really unique decks. I played with him a bunch. And he's not the kind of store owner that's going to try to like come in and stomp you. He's very anti-pub stomping. Uh, he's a really great guy. So is so that our in-between? It, it is, dude. It's <laughs> it so cute. Is. I'm like looking at it right now. I'm like, we should just, we should just go there. So cute. Like seriously, we actually should. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks everybody. And as always, stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the howling
Am I better closer or is it just echoey overall? I think you're better a little bit closer. Okay, I'll remain close. Yeah. <laughs> it's very intimate. Yeah, love it. <laughs> you might need to get a taller water bottle so you can have it like in your lap. And oh, you mean stack another deck box? Yeah. <laughs> this, this mic stand today. <laughs> um, Jesus. <laughs> Mike, Mike, you have a job now. You can stop. <laughs> you know what I'm going to give you with your secret Santa deck? A fucking mic stand. <laughs> That'll be the first thing our Patreon money goes towards. 